Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. Today we're featuring a short conversation with New York Times bestselling author Joel Rosenberg. With the latest news about Jerusalem, we took a few minutes to get Joel's perspective on the latest battle over the region. If you want to learn more about Joel and his upcoming novel, The Kremlin Conspiracy, visit joelrosenberg.com. Joel, we're talking to you today on December 6th, 2017. The president is about to speak and announce that the U.S. Embassy in Israel is going to be moving to Jerusalem. Now, you've written extensively on the Middle East and Israel, and you are a resident of Jerusalem. Can you give us your thoughts on this latest news? Very interesting moment, a very controversial moment. And it is it is fraught with the possibility that it will create an explosion of violence in the region. Uh, there's a lot of voices out there that are saying that. Uh, it's sad that, that a policy decision, um, you know, policy decisions in America don't say, oh, if you, if you do that, if you pass that law, if you say that, uh, you know, all of Chicago is going to erupt in, in, you know, in, you know, and it tells us the problem that we're dealing with in the Middle East. But we are. I mean, we all know it um, from, from Bible time right up to the moment. So it's just a lot of violence and a lot of tension. So you're right, Adam. I, uh, this is now a personal issue, right? Because when I say, when I, my main message out of this is whatever you think about what the president has decided from a policy perspective about Israel's capital being Jerusalem, about the embassy being moved to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv, whatever you think, whatever your perspective is, um, the Bible commands followers of Jesus Christ to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And and it even comes with a promise, may they prosper who love you. So if there was ever a time to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for everybody in a region I call the epicenter, it would be right now. because Christians have a wide range of views about what should be being done. Now, uh, so I just want to acknowledge that up front. I think the issue is prayer. I think the issue is uh, having a respectful, uh, loving, thoughtful conversation among Christians, among others who disagree passionately about what should be done, when it should be done, how it should be done. These are, these are legitimate disagreements. Um, the president has made his decision, and... There's going, to be pe- there's going to be people who love it, and there's going to be people who hate it. There's going to be Christians who love it, and there's going to be Christians who, I don't know if they'd say hate it, but think that is the wrong decision at the wrong time. It's going to make things worse. And so, so I, maybe the best thing to do is, you know, is to say, as, as someone who wrote a book called Epicenter, you know, I really do. I believe that Israel is the epicenter of the world from a biblical perspective, that Jerusalem is the epicenter of Israel, and then the Temple Mount is the epicenter of Jerusalem, a series of concentric circles. And yes, this is where God says that it will be the focus of all global attention as we get closer to the return of Christ. Where, did we, where, where was Jesus arrested, convicted, uh, cru- tortured, crucified, and raised from the dead? That would be Jerusalem. Where does the Bible say he's coming back to? That would be Jerusalem. The last city ever mentioned in the Bible, that would be Jerusalem. So even though Jerusalem for most of the last 2,000 years wasn't a newsworthy story at all, 
it certainly is today. And wow. Okay. So I think one of the challenges is uh, we need to understand as and, and acknowledge as followers of Jesus Christ that you know the Bible mentions Jerusalem more than eight hundred times. So it's a, it's an enormously important city in the Bible, and as I just said, you know it's 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 historically important and it's prophetically important. It was God who determined that Jerusalem was going to be the capital of the Jewish people of the nation of Israel under King David. That's three thousand years ago, so that's quite a claim. <laughs> you know, the Jewish people have had a capital uh, and have considered Jerusalem their eternal capital for. 3,000 years. For 2,000 years, we didn't have sovereignty over Jerusalem, right? The Romans occupied uh, the, the area they called Palestine for several hundred years, and then, you know, Jews were scattered and exiled all over the world, and on May 14, 1948, Israel became a sovereign country again. And but, 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 but Israel only had a, a, a small part of the old city of Jerusalem at the time uh, because uh, Jordan controlled most of it. Now, in 19, right at the end of 1949, going into 1950, Israel, as a government, decided we don't have all of Jerusalem, but it is our, it is our capital. So that would be a formal declaration in December 1949. And Jews have been... For, and part of that was because for 2,000 years, while Jews didn't control Jerusalem, they had been, and, and were scattered all over the world in exile, well, because of our sins, we always would pray on Passover, and, and other times too, next year in Jerusalem. Next year we want to, Lord, bring us back. You promised you would. Please keep that promise. 2,000 years didn't happen, and then it did. But it's created a problem, right? It, 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 there are Palestinians and other Arabs who, and, and, and other Muslims who are totally against Jews having any control, much less sovereignty, uh, over the city of Jerusalem. It, it's a city that's important to Jews, it's important to Christians, it's important to Muslims. The third holiest site for Islam in Jerusalem. So, I think that I think that if you asked almost any Christian pastor and leader, sat down with the Pope, if you sat down with, you know, Billy Graham, you know, and you talk to anybody in the Christian world, they would they would affirm the biblical significance of Jerusalem. They would affirm the historical significance of Israel to the Jews, but to others. And most of them, I think, would say, the Bible also speaks of a future role of Jerusalem. Where the controversy comes in is, what do you do about Jerusalem today? In other words, if since the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right, and it's not saying a peace of Jerusalem and then you know fight over the other pieces, right? It's pray for the peace, P-E-A-C-E, -E, and it's a de definite article, the peace of Jerusalem, right? So, if that's what we're supposed to do, and and the psalmist also says, seek peace and pursue it and Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he says to his disciples, blessed are the peacemakers, right? So 
even a person like myself who believes that God has, that God considers, by the way, Jerusalem his own. It's, it's Psalm 48 says, God, uh, Jerusalem is the city of the great king. He says, I have chosen Jerusalem and I have set my name there. So it's very important to him. That's why it's important to everybody else. Uh, it's a beautiful city, but there are other beautiful cities. And but the reason it's so important and controversial is because God has chosen it for himself, which means that there's going to be a tension over it. But all that to say, I think we as Christians have to be careful about, so, so I guess what I was going to say from my, my angle, I want to be careful. I believe God has made promises. I do believe Jerusalem is the, is the capital of the Jewish people and the state of Israel. I do believe Jesus is coming back there. Uh, but I also believe in peace. So the question becomes, how do you get to peace? And obviously nobody, I mean, okay, there's the ultimate peace when Jesus comes and just makes things right. I say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Yeah, that, if you want to fix it today or tomorrow, that would be awesome. If you wait, then the question we all have to ask as Christians is, how do we, how do we handle these things? Because I've got Palestinian Christian friends who would say, this should be a divided capital. The Jews should have part of it. Palestinians should have part of it and that should be a negotiated settlement. And that seems like a reasonable approach. Uh, I have Jewish, Messianic Jewish friends who would say, uh, maybe they could have a neighborhood or something, but no, Israel, Jerusalem should be the undivided eternal capital of the Jewish people. And they, some of them would say, listen, it's, you know, we're at 70 years that the Palestinians have said no. We, they didn't want the partition plan that the UN said, all right, we're going to split the city, we're going to split the country, Jews get part, Palestinian Arabs get the other part. But the Palestinians said no in 1947. And they said no negotiations again in 1967. And then they were offered a, a state and Jerusalem as part of their capital, you know, part of Jerusalem as their capital in the year 2000 and 2003 and 2008 and 2009. So some would say, they keep being offered this. They keep saying no. How do we handle that? Like, like okay. So, yeah, there are reasons that the Palestinians said no. And then others would say, okay, but at some point, you have to come to a conclusion. I'm not trying to take a position on that. I'm trying to say, I find it very difficult to know the best way to go forward. Um, since I really, since I think the highest aspiration for, for followers of Jesus is to focus on peace. Yes, spiritual peace, but yes, geopolitical peace. Right? Paul said to Timothy, pray for kings and all those in authority that we might have, lead quiet and tranquil lives. So that's not just spiritually, that means the city that you live in, the country that you live in. So, um, I know that's that's an extended DVD answer, extended podcast answer. But what here's what bothers me. What bothers me is when I watch. I, I expect the world to be divided and to be snarky and to be critical, but shouldn't the church be doing better than that? Like, let's say we're sitting here with someone who has a deeply strong theological and personal conviction on one way that Jerusalem should be handled. And then we're sitting with someone who has almost a diametrically opposed view, but they, they, can, they, they can support it theologically, and they say, you know, 
personally. And the question for Christians is, how do we handle what Jesus speaks of in John 17 about unity? His prayer for us is, Father, make them one as we are one. Now, of course, the Father and the Son didn't disagree on anything. But when Jesus prayed that, he knew that we would. So the question becomes a test of our character, our maturity in Christ. Could we sit with each other and totally disagree with each other and maybe have that conversation, and, but do it in a way that we say, you know, but I love you as a brother, I love you as a sister. And, and then the question of how can, I, how can my actions show that I love you, even if we disagree on some deeply held views, then, of course, I'm raising three sons. My wife and I are raising three sons in Jerusalem. We didn't, we didn't live in Jerusalem when we first moved to Israel, but recently we did for my, uh, my youngest son's education. So now it's all like, wow, this isn't just like theory. And I think living there just reminds you peace is pretty important. It's not, you know, from, from 7,000 miles away, you can take a position and you can be a hardliner. And it's not that we should be less theologically solid in our views, but you realize that you're, you're, you're interacting with people, and don't, don't we want, and I do, I want my Palestinian friends, whether they're Christians or Muslims or anybody else, I want them to live in freedom, I want them to live in security, I want them to live in dignity, I want them to have opportunity for their children, I don't want them to live under fear or anything else, but I want that for the Israelis as well. How do we get there? And I think, so the, so the bottom line for me is, I think the issues of policy making related to peace process, are, those are when and how questions. And I think we need to give each other a lot of grace as believers about our convictions of the best when and how moments, because those are judgment calls. The Bible doesn't say, this is how you make peace um, in the short term. It gives us principles, and then we have to go apply those principles, and that makes it hard. <laughs>